You're listening to the Spirit Hunters, a member of the HyperX Podcast Network. Find out about our pod brethren, how to join our Discord group, and support the show at podcast.hyperx.com and patreon.com backslash spirithunterspod. Make room for huge plays with the HyperX Alloy Origin 65 mechanical gaming keyboard and the Pulsefire Haste wireless mouse. The Alloy Origin 65 has a functionally compact form factor, keeping the arrow keys while ditching the numpad and the F keys. The Pulsefire Haste is the lightest wireless mouse from HyperX, featuring a robust connection and the precision you need to click heads. The Alloy Origin 65 and Pulsefire Haste Wireless, a terrific twosome to keep your setup clean and clutter-free. Season 3, Episode 18 of The Spirit Hunters. This is Joe, Megan, and special guest Benella of the podcast Talking Naruto. Benella, how's it going? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey guys, welcome. I'm a co-host of the Talking Naruto podcast. Uh, I'm the one that people don't like, uh, Ben Uh, (laughs) Molson. How's it going? Uh, So yeah, uh, yeah, I'm uh, Lawson's co-host. Lawson's the likable one. I'm the unlikable one that has that says wild shit about everyone and everything uh, with no with no regard for human uh, decency. And uh, yeah, so I'm here to, to talk uh, to be on the podcast and talk and you know capitalism and all that. To be fair, I think you'll fit right in. We yeah, we we've we're not that wild to be honest. We've definitely talked about nine eleven far more than we more needed times to. than we can count. Oh, in the same sentence, I think we watched like sweaty balls in nine eleven and then melting pipes or melting beams. What's the theory? Yeah, it comes up it much comes more up often. Than literally it every to. episode, we talk about nine eleven. Lawson, Lawson and I recorded recorded an episode yesterday, and we literally just we made a like nine eleven joke like four or five times like we we had a bit we had Welcome a 9 11 bit Here's the thing. Great. i like how we all have 9 11 bits like <laughs> that's the thing to have in the millet like in this generation for podcast. it's just a 9 11 bit casual at this point we have a 9 11 chunk like we have like at least 15 minutes on 9 11 well, great we can fit right in this this is not going to change literally anything about our podcast just to make this like less awkward uh vanilla and lawson both grew up around the uh, actually around new york <laughs> is that worse or better that's, i think that's better yeah, i guess i guess i was born inside of a bodega so like i understand wait for real no like for no, real actually not no for real no. Oh, okay. I don't what? know. No. I don't know what it's like in New York. No. What? No. <laughs> I've been there twice to visit a friend. <laughs> like, I actually wasn't born in a bodega. No. You know, you could say that, and I would believe you. I was born. I was born in Saudi Arabia. So I was born in the middle of the desert. Well, yeah, she's serious about that too. I'll... <laughs> that that um, one's true. But, yeah, yeah, that one's true. Yeah, we're playing two truths and a lie. It's, it's ridiculous. I've gotten um, tased. I'm bored in Saudi Arabia. Wait, what? Wait, wait, wait. Have you actually been tased? Yeah, that's the truth. I've been tased on purpose. Like they with the little barbs and stuff. They tased me in college because like I had I was serving some guys who were like the CEO of Taser. 
and they have an office in Arizona. And they're like, if you come to the office at like 5 p.m. on a Wednesday, we will tase you and you will get a free taser. And I was like, absolutely. So I show up. They didn't think I would actually show up. They tased me in front of their whole office because they were in a quarterly meeting. Um, and then I got a free taser and I got a tour of the building. It was kind of cool. Um, but I think it gave me severe back problems because they were barbs. So it wasn't just like a <laughs> contact taser. It was like the gun that shoots at you. The cartridge taser gimmick? Laser, yeah so like they that how like and they pulled out the barbs for my back but there's so much adrenaline i didn't feel it at the time jesus christ i was not expecting this to be real <laughs> i was not expecting this yeah i was like 19 when this happened it was like right before i joined the podcast i think i was no i was 21 uh, i was i was a young age but yeah that taste for real that's wow it. okay for fun for funsies i don't know i got a free taser out of it, it i still have it i'll show you it looks like a gun um, nice. Well, yeah. speaking of tasers, uh, Benel, uh, what's your experience with Hunter Hunter? Tell us a little bit about that. I have tried uh, to get into Hunter Hunter. Damn. <laughs> I have actively tried. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to Hunter Hunter fans. It's it the I you know I want to like it. I really do. I just there's I can't penetrate. No matter how hard I try, okay. I can't penetrate it. It is. To be- it's because well it's because i feel like the struggles are always in in wrestling terms i'm gonna so shoot i'm a professional wrestler uh yeah i'm a professional wrestler so i'm gonna use a lot of wrestler term- terminology uh i feel like a lot of hunter hunter is uh squash matches they're very quick com- mm. like they're built up to end very quickly i just don't okay. feel the i don't feel the tension that I would if I watched watching a Jujutsu Kaisen, where it's like, even if you are the, even even if you're like the you have the main character, and even if you are the main character, he's gonna have to put up such a fight to win, that it's gonna make everything worth it. Gon Gon just seems, um, he's not overpowered. He seems perfectly powered for the amount, and the fights just end so quickly that I'm just like, okay. Interesting. Okay. I feel like maybe I don't even know. It's hard to say because like we have reference for the whole series where we know that's not necessarily true, but like I guess the parts you've seen that might. might yeah, be true. I saw like I, mean, I can't get into the first start. Which is like, yeah. Because that's oh, how I feel about Naruto. I okay, I cannot. I thought you had seen Naruto. up to this point. I didn't realize. Yeah. Okay, well that's cool. Uh, but sorry, Megan, yeah. continue. Oh yeah. So have you seen this episode that we're about to talk about? Uh, I uh, I watched the yeah I watched the the three episodes we were talking about. And I was obviously utterly lost because I <laughs> I never got this far in the series, so I was obviously utterly okay. lost. Okay, that's, that's fair. That's totally yeah. fair. Um, I'll be honest though. I I know you do a podcast about Naruto. I I watched it when I was a kid. I cannot get into it. I will not watch it. Like Shippuden, Naruto. I have I find what you said about Hunter is how I feel about Naruto. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get into. It's because I don't have the attachment to the characters that I do to probably Hunter. Like I don't, I don't really give a shit about Naruto. Uh, to be fair, honestly. I don't have a. I, I, I started the podcast because I didn't have an attachment to Naruto, and I was trying to oh, investigate okay. it because it seemed like a big part of. It seemed like a big part of the generation of anime that we're in now. Like we're in a, like Lawson and I talk about it all the time. We're in a golden age of manga and anime. Just like Agreed. the quality yeah. across the board oh, is, is on. 
for the popular stuff absolutely and and it and it feels like okay do you guys feel this way i don't know if uh, me just being an old man and i just feel this way this generation of of fans have it too good i'm like i'm 35 but like i'm an old dude wow you and you and joe are almost the same joe's only just like six or seven years older than you it's fine no Um, i'm not that's not true (laughs) i'm i'm like near your age 77 77 years old he looks great joe is 70 He's oh yeah. He looks God, great for E4. He's uh, he says the word brethren, so uh, you know. Oh yeah, so I'm from the 1400s. Yeah, we yeah, know this. Know. Is it? Oh, you okay? Let me tell you the etymology of said word. Um, uh, Joe is a Joe is an ancient creature. No, I was saying like this generation actually has it way too good. I just uh, maybe I'm just that's a very old dude thing to say, but man, if you watch My Hero Academia and you don't like the gentle arc because it's a filler arc. Let me fucking tell you what an actual filler arc is. I watched over 350 episodes of Naruto and all in 200 episodes of Naruto Shippuden. Let me tell you what a fucking filler arc is, okay? It's not gentle for My Hero Academia. It's two episodes. Well, yeah, gentle okay? is like four episodes, yeah. Uh, yeah, we we all been there. I mean, Dragon Ball Z. Oh yeah, two. I don't really know how many episodes are in Gentle, but like I can't watch Dragon Ball Z again. Like I loved that show growing up. I cannot be watching the original. Right? I can't do it. I can't. There's too much. It's like five minutes of anything and then just screaming. <laughs> I know that's an over an exaggeration, but like screaming for most of it. And the, the main character, the main character is bad. The main character shitty, and uh, you know, the side characters are depowered. And like these kids get amazing representation in their characters interesting arcs like just episode after episode of development stories that end resolutions like i don't these kids these kids have it too good like if you get mob psycho if you your generation that got mob psycho one punch man jujitsu kaitsen demon slayer uh my hero academia chainsaw man not to mention, like, a bunch of other shit that is, like, B or C tier, like, fucking, you know, the time I was reincarnated as slime. That show's cute uh, in a weird way. <laughs> but you, they also have some real trash shows, too, that they keep producing. I will die on the oh, hill no, that's Shield they Hero They have garbage. Um, <laughs> Wait, did you say Shield Hero sucks? I hate Shield Hero. Oh, Shield well, Hero I mean, bad, I've only seen bro. parts of season one, and, and I enjoyed parts of season one, but I've only seen parts of it. But I've heard from even a lot of people who like season one that season two is absolute trash. See, the thing about Shield Hero, there, it starts off with a false rape accusation, so that's that. I forgot about that. Yeah, that starts it out. And then every single girl side character they have are all children. They oh, age okay. up one no, of no. the eight-year-olds to be 20, so like that can happen. And then every other girl in the show is in love with the very bland oh i definitely agree with this part i just meant more like the action and stuff but i I always did find it weird how people were like oh yeah rough talia is cute it's like that's really creepy real creepy that like someone root like yeah in the slavery thing like i couldn't get over a lot of those aspects um but i'm sorry isekais have uh they have very (laughs) they have very uh questionable ideas of what is considered legal they're like, well, it's another yeah. world, so you know you can want to fuck an eight-year-old. Yeah, it's fine because she aged up. So like, I'm not attracted to eight-year-old. She's attracted to me. Like, 
that's always the argument though it's like oh and i'm like oh this weird harem thing with like the children and everyone's like oh it's okay he doesn't like them though and i'm like but that's someone wrote this this way particularly oh, God. <laughs> to um, have the side cast of children be in love with the main character who's in his like 20s like <laughs> Have you guys played Final Fantasy IV, speaking of old man shit? Oh, no. What's Final Fantasy? Oh, no. Uh, that's an older... Oh, which Final Fantasy IV? Because Final Fantasy IV in Japan is Final Fantasy IV. It's a different Final Fantasy. It's Final Fantasy II in North America. Yeah, I mean Final Fantasy IV Japan slash Final Fantasy II America. Got it. Thank you. Yeah, no, the, the reason I bring it up is there's a character you meet who's like a little girl whose like village you destroy like accidentally because it turns out you deliver a bomb. And you were unaware that was what it is. And so she joins your party and she's just a little girl. And then at some point she falls overboard in a ship into a, like a vortex in the ocean. And you're like, well, I guess she died. And then like at the like midpoint of the game, she comes back and she's like, time passes differently in the other world I was in. Now I'm 18 and hot. Oh, and it's like no. the worst. Mm. It's oh, the no. worst thing. They don't fall in love, thank God. But like, it's very clear that she's now drawn in a way so as to be like very titillating for like the the the, the players. Like, okay, yeah. So like, she's an option for the viewer in their heads versus yeah, like, exactly, exactly. But not for the main character, thank God. But still, but still, the fact they they couldn't put her in like a rucksack, like a, a normal outfit. They, I'm showing boobs and butt like everywhere, knowing Final but, Fantasy. But anyways, uh, back to back to the show. Um, so on on the Hunter Hunter note, last time we took a detour and watched Hunter Cinematic Universe side story Spider Gang Homecoming, and today we resume our main story and our tale of man and beast. You better get ready. Episode ninety eight infiltration and selection is what we're going to be um, looking at. The Japanese title is Oi Senyu to Senbutsu Senbetsu. I think Bootsu is a different word. Senbetsu. Um, originally released in Japan on September 29th, 2013. The equivalent manga chapters are 2030 and 2031. Or 2030. Wait, like oh my god, I can't yeah, I was read. like, damn, I yeah, wish there sorry. were that many chapters. <laughs> 230 and 231, which were released in Japan on what, January is this, One Piece? Uh, yeah, what chapter? Do you know? Do you read manga One Piece? What chapter are they on? Are they done? Oh my god, I don't even... I'm, I know there's a thousand episodes. If there's a thousand episodes, there's got to be at least two thousand chapters. They have to be, yeah, at least. Because it's like two to three chapters per episode when it's a good pacing of an anime. Yeah, o Oda's getting oh. to the end game. Yeah, I'm Googling it right now, actually. Okay, great. great. Yeah, they've been saying it for ten years, but I think he's actually serious this time around. Yeah, I think he's serious this time around. He's, he's getting to the end game. They've set it up in the manga. As I've been told by Lawson that they've been set that they've set it up. They have this is the final arc, but the final arc can okay. also last for ten years. So who knows? The final arc is just a new series. Yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> Luffy has a kid. <laughs> like, is Luffy still fifteen? Like, what is going on? Have they done a time skip or like has time passed normally? They did a time, skip a long time ago. They, 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 they did like a time skip like ten like twenty years ago. Oh, great, great. Oh, God. Okay, we don't need to. Anyway. No idea. <laughs> so the, the difference between this is 230, 230 and 231 um, for the manga chapters, not 1,000 or 2,030. Jeez. Um, it's weird because, like, I can remember 2013. Like, before I wasn't able to remember that long ago. Now I'm like, oh, 2013? That was, I was in college already. <laughs> and I don't like that. 
Um, okay. So in this episode, Hagia, Flutter, and Hina run across the desert until they reach the royal palace. They bow before Shia Poof um, and inform them of something. Not sure what, but they feel pretty happy about themselves. Um, Gona and Killua sneak into the Republic of East Gorto. Gar- Go- I can never say this right. I think it's Gorto, Gorto. but I haven't looked at the Kana or anything. Yeah. Um, we'll say R-E-G. So the reg. <laughs> Sounds like a, a rec center for you. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> they sneak into the reg. Um, Killable warns Gon about informants that expose enemy spies for money, as well as stop defectors for promotion. However, if the intel is wrong and they commit a crime, all the informants are punished. <laughs> Wild. Rumor has it that East Gorto has nukes as a bargaining chip. Uh, Killable says that he heard it from his brother who heard it from his grandfather, Zeno, who was able to infiltrate the country for a job. So interesting. We're setting up that Zeno, um, the grandfather of Killua, the, the assassin, the old dude, right? The old dude yeah. assassin um, is, is in, is in, uh, is in tow. You know, what's weird is that like the males in Killua's family don't seem that bad. Like they're definitely very bad. They're very, very bad, but like, I don't know why. I don't, agree i think it's um i think we this may have been discussed a little bit in our episode where we talked about codependency but often in like codependently abusive families like the mom has like a more seemingly active part that's probably what in enacting the stuff but the father like enables it by virtue of like the way he treats the mother and then also like his hands off on the kids no even though he sees them undergoing this stuff and like clearly the abusive abusive training is from his family too yeah I think it's interesting because, like, I didn't think about it until, like, just now is that he's just as bad, but I don't think he's portrayed as bad as the mom is. Like, is that the point? You're like, is I that? I think he is and he isn't. Like, I think he is on the surface not portrayed as bad, but I think when they had that scene where he's like, oh, Kilua will come back, like, yeah. it was clearly supposed to be, like, ultra sinister, like, much yeah. more than the mother. That's fair. No, that's true. Cool. All right. But yeah, so Zeno's in the country for a job. I think when they say had infiltrated, I think they meant that he did that years ago rather oh, than... Oh, oh, right. Know. So it's about the country in but general. thank you for spoiling it. There. Oh, my bad. My no, bad. I mean, I'm, I'm fucking with you. I mean, I, I kind of... That's not that big of a spoiler. Okay, like, that's, that's like one or two chapters ahead. Oh, okay, great. My bad. Um, but they reach a small town and Killua suggests sneaking in to find more info. Tells Gon to wait for him while he sneaks in. After scoping it out, he signals Gon to follow. They stay in the deserted house, and Kaloa notices something off due to a bloody mess on the floor and bullet holes in the walls. You know, just regular decor. Yeah, regularly normal. I think something's slightly off here. Um, they follow a trail of blood outside until they reach a shallow graves of dead villagers. Um, Killua thinks the national rally is a cover-up for dis- disappearing villagers and that the selection has already begun. I really, I'm really thankful for them writing Killua so intelligent because, like, I would not have pieced <laughs> two and two together <laughs> in the same way about the political stuff, right? Like... <laughs> Yeah, but Nell, jumping into this, like, what, like, what were you thinking when this, like, all started coming up? Like, what were you when they were just talking about the politics of the situation? How did that, like, hit you as like someone who hadn't seen the beginning of this art? I was surprised. I'm like, I was like, is this the show about the kid that hunts things? Because this (laughs) is this the show. Were we? Am I watching the same show? Did I flip over to Full uh-huh. Metal Alchemist? Because this is so much more intrigue than I was expecting out of a Hunter Hunter episode. Yeah. 
based off this, I know you said earlier, like, I haven't been able to get into Hunter. Do you think you'd be, like, just based off, like, how deep this got? You got into a weird episode where it's like, here's all the political stuff that we're going to tell you about. Um, do you think you'd, you'd be willing yeah. to give it a shot now? Or is it more, like, to get to this point? Or you're like, if it's not this level all the time, you probably wouldn't be into it. Uh, it's it's so it's like this is a hundred episodes deep and i hate that um, <laughs> i hate yeah. when someone tells you nah bro give it a hundred episodes well no we're not saying that serious? i think no I, if, there, there's parts earlier that are good too yeah. um but like it's probably i guess like, where did you stop like do you remember what was going on uh it was like still the exam Oh, like, okay, oh, yeah, there's there's that, like a good part yeah. right after the exam, even. Yeah, Joe's least favorite yeah. arc is the exam. Yeah, arc, I hate the I exam. It's the exam arc. I like the exam arc, so it's that's not, what got me going. It's not, it's not a like, good, it's not a good, it's, honestly, it's not a good introduction to the, to the series. Oh. Like, that exam arc is not a good intro. Tell me more about why you think that's a, not a good intro, because we have, I think Joe's the only other person that we've ever heard that, right? You're really um, against the exam arc. Maybe there's some other people who have guessed it, but they've never mentioned, mentioned it. it. But yeah, yeah, I guess I'm the so only one who's mentioned on the podcast. So, Benel, I guess, like, what do you think about it makes it not a good intro? It just, I don't, it, it, it's, I don't understand the stakes of why I should care about anyone being a hunter. Like, I don't exactly. get the, where in the world do hunters rank politically or socially? The world's not defined enough for me to know. Like, I know that people want to be hunters, but why exactly? Mm hmm okay so yeah, what, yeah. It's like, like so for naruto like i get point. why <laughs> well, yeah for naruto i know why people want to be ninjas for uh you know for hero by hero academia like, i know why people want to be heroes uh or villains in the, in that case or like demon slayer demon slayer is like well you you want to be demon you want to slay demons because they killed your entire family like i understand the stakes of why people do what they do and hunter x hunter i just i don't get it like why why are just... why are hunters revered slash feared why why is any why does gone want to be a hunter other than you know his dad oh, that's literally the only reason <laughs> i the think point. the manga does it a little bit better because they introduce another character who knows his dad but only by a little bit better and so yeah. i still don't like the beginning oh, even with kite? that extra character yeah kite, kite yeah. shows up much earlier in the, yeah, the manga he does, he does. That's true. He's like the Shanks figure in in One Piece. I'm gonna nod because I. <laughs> um, that's a good point. Okay, okay. Um, cool. Well, thanks, guys. Um, so we'll continue on with the episode. Um, so they talk about how many Nen users will it take to check for five million citizens, aka fifty thousand potential soldiers. Because what is it like one every one every hundred people is a Nen user, or is that no? One? I think it's like one out of every hundred people would survive um, the being hit with like Hatsu and then like it opening their Nen. Because like okay. I think they mentioned that if you don't know how to handle it, you'll basically just expend all your uh, Nen and die. Got it. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Kill adds that not all Chimera ants can use Nen. However, they can still use manipulation. Um, cut to Puppet Kite. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, you have no emotional attachment <laughs> to Kite being a puppet. But no, nothing. 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 nothing at all. Yeah, you didn't no, watch the rest of it. All. That's fine. That's really fine. Maybe we can just make you start in like, Heaven's Arena and call it a day. I mean, um, I, I think that's a great idea. I think yeah. Heaven's Arena is the best 
like early part of the show. Yeah, yeah, honestly, you can probably just skip. Just know that these people are friends and that they got through it together. Or maybe the last part of the Hunter exam where they do the tournament stuff, but I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think I think you would like it because it's before they get powers, but people are still doing like wild shit. Yeah. Um, I think that might be it for you. That might be a really good place to start if you got to like the the jail and were like, this is not my life. <laughs> This is not what I care about. Right? Oh, well, the jail scene's pretty cool. I don't know. Maybe I'm really biased because I like Hunter. So, like, everything's great. Um, but cut to Puppet Kite, which is really sad because you're finally seeing... Um, I don't know if you're finally seeing because I think you see it earlier, but, you know, just sad seeing the hero or, like, one of the guys, one of our one of our homies be be controlled like that. Um, Kilwa thinks that causing commotion during the, their selection will be simple. They take out whoever gets controlled and causes a panic. Only problem is getting detected quickly. Gon wants to do Kilwa's plan, but Kilwa wants to do it alone. Um, insists that Gon will be the one will be the one to stay hidden since the main goal is to defeat Neferpito or Pito, um, the cat lady. If we're keeping track, um, cat bug, not lady person individual yeah i think i think i forget what we came down on the side of Uh in terms of like japanese pronouns they use but i think we said that using they is probably fine yeah i have a note about the they so i watched a interview with a uh a trans wrestler or trans japanese wrestler recently where it was pointed out that um the japanese don't use they as pronouns uh, so it's a little confusing to uh, for a Japanese person you to go by they as they don't have the proper word. So yeah. the Japanese wrestler, or, like the mistranslation is that they're genderless, which uh, mm-hmm. for for this wrestler they meant specifically they don't they are not the gender they were assigned at birth. But not. Oh, okay. But they got. They were then given the they pronouns, and they were like, "Well, I was confused by that because I'm in okay. in, in in Japanese. You wouldn't use they for a yeah. uh, trans person for a genderless fair. person." Yeah, I'm, that's that's fair. I'm looking. We did an episode where we talked about um, the pronoun translation, and I forget, I think they were using like some word that meant like basically this one rather than like they. Yeah. And like, you know, which is not a way that you would ever refer to someone in English. So it makes translating even more difficult. Yeah. Um, and then I know with a lot of the publishers, they just default to whatever they're presenting as if it's not specific. So it's it's interesting. Yeah. Neferpito is like given a much more feminine appearance in the anime than in the manga, which makes it even more confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, fun fact about like androgyny and, and this is less about trans, but more about the femininity of characters and things like that. Right. Like, especially male characters presenting femininely. Um, there's that documentary, the boy, the most beautiful boy in the world, which kind of sounds, looks really sad. Um, but it had a really choke hold on, um, Japanese pop culture as far as, uh, how anime and manga are drawn, especially when like the bishonen type of stuff. Um, what might be looking to um cool um so pito um their main goal is just to defeat pito because really their only motivation is <laughs> it's not really save the world for Kilo one gone it's really get pito because um it, it, they killed kite pito killed kite um like, i mean that's that's part of it honestly it's a lot of it but 
you know. Um, the chameleon ant, who specializes in smoking and going invisible, is spying on them from afar. Oh, do we know that yet? I'm sorry. I think I'm spoiling everything. Um, um, I, I think it just, I mean, you didn't, you didn't yeah. write that. Um, I think it mentions that someone's spying on them, but it doesn't tell you who yet, I think, okay. until later. Oh, okay. Um, notices they aren't citizens, but still thinks they could be spies or assassins hunting down the king. Um, knows that he should stop them, but doesn't want to fight them, especially Killua, whose squad leader potential. Killua and Gon separate and the ant, with the ant trailing behind Gon. Nam and Moral um, convince Marcos that he and his family will be transported and safe. Nov assures him that they prepared all necessary, all the necessary paperwork and all that's left is Marcos signatures. Um, the condition is as follows. Marcos will share um, his complete military knowledge in exchange for his freedom. Marcos immediately agrees and proceeds to talk to Carnes about talk about the crimes that Diego has committed. Moral sees the hypocrisy, but doesn't say anything because business is business. Elsewhere, Knuckle complains about sitting around with shoot as people die. Um, 495,000 people are already dead. Um, shoot tells Knuckle to calm down and think about the grand scheme of things. Better to sacrifice 5 million to save all of humanity, which is a real fun thought exercise. <laughs> I, I don't think they're already dead. I think they said already dead to express that, like, hey, we have to let this process happen to figure this out. And it's yeah. about... Um, actually, you know what? Looking at it again, at the numbers, no, that you're right. That many people are already dead. Yeah. Sorry, my mistake. Oh, yeah, you're good. It's a lot. It's a lot of people, right? It's a lot of people that they probably murdered. Um, yeah. Not them, the ants. Um, and it's an interesting thought. Because, like, what would, like, theoretically, if a knuckle just comes in and goes and starts murdering the squadron leaders, how effective would that be in the, the grand scheme of things? Like, would they have been able to stop something? Would they not have? Would they? Could they? I don't know. Yeah, I think this is something that I find interesting is that there's three teams who are shown to have divided feelings about what to do. And, like, because they have, like, very similar composition, you have Moral and Nav, where both of them recognize the necessity, but, you know, Morel, because he's, like, older and grizzled, even though he has, like, a, you know, like... A, a very strong heart he's still like very sad about it but he like knows it has to be done meanwhile like um knuckle and shoot were like knuckle has resigned himself to doing it even though he really doesn't want to and then you have gone and kila where it's much more in the air about whether gone's going to be able to like sit by and let people die um so gone spends his time in the forest eating and wondering if kila is okay um senses someone else's presence and a snake chimera ant attacks him dodges the attack and snake praises him um total anime move to be like ah oh, you got me there <laughs> um the chimera ant uses his tail as a spring to propel himself and traps gon using his tail um the gon but gon gets himself free and lands a heavy punch defeating him and tying him to a tree by his own tail <laughs> The chimera ant thinks Gon is strong. Gon senses more ants and he runs, thinks it's weird that there are still ants in an area that has already been like selected or like culled. Um runs into yeah, she a did bat. a quote symbol with her hands. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you can't see me. Um Gon uh runs into a bat and owl chimera ants. The chim the chameleon ant. Phil Collins here. Kama chameleon ant. <laughs> Uh, watches the upcoming fight from afar very amused wait that's phil collins isn't it comma, comma, am i making comma, that up isn't the culture club 
I, you know, I might be making that up. See, I don't know if Phil, or it's I don't know if the Culture Club, Club is like, okay, okay. I couldn't yeah. tell. So Filipino music, when you do karaoke for Filipino things, sometimes they're just like, it's public domain. And they'll use like the, the cover band as like the name of the mm-hmm. band who does it for like, I don't know, reasons. Um, so I never knew if Culture Club was the real name of the Kama Kama Chameleon people. Or, <laughs> it does like, kind of sound like a not real name. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're the Culture Club. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. Um, so something I wanted to mention is when Gon ties up that chimera into the tree, he mentions like, oh, good thing he's part snake because he'll be able to survive without eating anything for like a week. And then I was just like, you still tied him to a fucking tree, man. So unless someone helps him, this guy is still going to starve to death. It's just a week later. Yeah. Like a very weird, I, I recognize that they're trying to portray Gon as not entirely wholesome, but it was still pretty fucking weird. <laughs> Uh, it, the, these battles feel, especially with the ants, feel the most lighthearted they've ever been so far, I think. Because we haven't you mean, met... You mean in a while? In the wild, yeah. Um, um, oh, in a while, yeah. Just yeah. compared to like where we've been, because like people have been dying recently, and it's just like, yeah. I don't know, now it just feels like shonen. Yeah. <laughs> we started off with the bullet holes and blood spatter, right? Of like the political system, and then we end with tie a snake to a tree. <laughs> you know, good stuff. Um, so I'm going to jump into the manga notes real quick. Uh, in the manga, Lael's crew kind of prostrate themselves uh, in a way that they don't in the anime, I think. Or, or I might be getting that backwards. Did that happen in the anime where they kind of like bow down and stuff? I, I think I so. But it, like, I don't yeah. think it happened in the manga, okay. which is interesting. Uh, Patrick took a screenshot of like a field of uh, skulls. And it says instant army of 50,000 on top of uh, 4,950,000 corpses. And uh, just labeled it the Brood Witch, which is an Aqua Teen reference for anyone who gets that one. You guys need your references. I'm just surprised no, not a JoJo no reference of some sort. Honestly, it kind of looks like Nausicaa. Like, have you ever seen... Yeah. Yeah, the parts of Nausicaa where they show, like, the war that ended humanity, and they, like, show the giant warriors, like, on the, like, flaming field of skulls. It kind of looks yeah. like that. It's very metal. I wonder if it's, like, uh... Is this the final cut of the image? Um... I don't think it is because, like, I think Patrick's translation he gets from the like non-final version, okay. like where he didn't go back and redo all the the art. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, one thing that's interesting, I thought you were gonna say like, oh, do you think this is a purposeful Nausicaa reference? I actually think there are some purposeful Nausicaa references later in this arc that we'll talk about. But um, the reason that it might not be apparent to anyone listening to this is because it's not references to the Nausicaa anime; it's references to the Nausicaa manga. Oh, there was a Nausicaa manga. Yeah, and it's so much better. Holy oh. shit, you should... Re- like, I honestly think it is my absolute favorite... Uh, my absolute favorite Miyaza- uh, Miyazaki thing. But, like, he is a much better animator than he is a mangaka. But the story, I think, is my favorite story of his. Interesting. But he did... He was the mangaka of Nausicaa, though. Exactly. Interesting. And it's, okay. So basically, the movie only reflects like one fifth of the material of the manga. And like, it's not just like, oh, we took random parts from throughout it. It's like, no, it's just the beginning. Interesting. Okay. I'll definitely take a look at that because usually when Miyazaki, I love Miyazaki films, like, they have a really special place in my heart. But like, the more I learn about it, the more I'm like, oh, all of the better ones are usually, <laughs> other than Spirited Away, are like pre existing IP that he creates into 
it's like musicals you know how like cinderella existed and then like rogers and hammerstein did like a cinderella musical like yeah i guess i'm thinking of like which are the best ones that you're thinking of that are not originally uh, I, I guess was princess mononoke not originally their idea i don't know i know for sure house moving castle is a book oh yeah spirited away was original at least in my head in my head can it is I, I think, think Totoro, is. I guess, is original too. Pocorosco. I guess you know what? It's just the newer yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's why I was like, "What are you talking about?" No, I mean, that's I, right. they the definitely have like a lot. Yeah. They definitely have a lot that they base on other people's stuff yeah. too. But I just was surprised by the proportion you were talking about. Yeah, no, I think I'm just thinking about the newer stuff because Nausicaa, I guess, is one Earth. No, Earth Tales isn't him; it's his son, right? Oh, Tales from Earthsea is his son, and it's, it's based off yeah. Wizard of Earthsea, which is one of my favorite book series. But that movie fucking sucks. Okay. Um, I know Arietti is definitely a story. I think Ponyo might be a story too. Yeah, Ponyo is just the Little Mermaid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is, huh? That's um, true. But yeah, speaking of uh, aquatic, semi-aquatic creatures, there's a cute frame of uh, Gon sneaking into uh, Iskor Toe with his uh, clothes on his head, very uh, Vietnam War style. Um, and then we have like the manga had a bunch of intercuts, like JoJo style, of like them just telling you way too much about the biology of snakes and bats and owls and bombardier beetles and these will become relevant later i feel bad for the assistant that had to draw these oh so that's the problem with togashi he doesn't use assistants oh he's a psychopath he is a psychopath that's why we don't have that's why like you can look at these three images and think wow these are three different artists (laughs) all together (laughs) it's because his body's physically breaking down yeah, I, I mean, that's a big part of it, honestly, is probably him not taking a fucking break. And I think he has, like, hyper fixations on stuff, because there's some panels, beautiful. Like, the snake and rat thing, gorgeous. <laughs> if if Bakuman has shown me anything, it is that most mangakas are, uh, are, they're definitely neurodivergent people. They're not normal. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, well, like, even between the rhino thing and the next page, and then the <laughs> snake... Why is it so different? <laughs> but now I forget. Have you have you watched JoJo? I've watched it. I've watched. Okay, JoJo. I, I only bring it up as I'm just like thinking of all the times where Araki's just like, now I'm gonna fucking tell you about an obscure topic like trigonometry for like two pages. Fuck it, right. I don't know. Like man, you're when you watch JoJo, you're just in for the ride, bro. Like yeah, he's gonna take a side. He's gonna take a side street anytime that's presented to him. What if I told you about Pompeii? Fuck it. Um, Look, yeah, learned... no, so that brings us to the end. Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, okay. no, I've learned this interesting fact, and I'm going to fucking share it with you. No, straight up. Dude reads Wikipedia at night. I'm guilty as well, but, like, it doesn't bleed into my day job as much. Um, but, yeah, so at the end of this episode, uh, you know, we kind of like to uh, rate those deaths. Did anyone die in these episodes? I guess, like, 495,000 people did, but we didn't see them. They are off screen. That's yeah. That's not as fun, I guess. <laughs> what? Yeah. What did you think about that metal album cover? Um, I mean the cover is great. I love this. I love this like walking on the sea of skulls type of vibes. Except for like corpses don't rot that fast. So unless this is like years later, how long does it take a, 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 a corpse know. to rot to bone? I don't know. <laughs> Googling. Do you know Benel? Is it a, a uh, wrestling thing that you would know? That? I would know. I would know how long a, a, a corpse takes to fecund, uh, to fecundate. Yeah, no, I don't. The fact you know the word fecundate. I, 
not expecting that word. I knew what it meant, but I was not expecting it. Uh, no, I don't. No, I don't. This is skeletonization. Skeletonization happens in a temperature climate. In a temperate, sorry, not temperature. In a temperate climate, it usually requires. This is such a long gap. Three weeks to several years. It's probably like, hey, how much water do you have on you, and like, yeah. how much are you exposed to the elements? Is yeah, how much man, how, guess, how much yeah. moisture? In, yeah, how much moisture in the air? Have you been blended? Have you been? Yeah. Have you been turned into a tree? Is there the lime media? anywhere? <laughs> have you been soaked in lime? Have you been put into a bog? Yeah. Have your bones been used for arrowheads and other? <laughs> I actually think bone arrows would be bad. Like, I don't think that would be very strong. Or would you it? You know, I don't I don't know where the fuck how did Okay, anyways. <laughs> so, uh episode 99, combination and evolution, uh aka wow, this one's just <laughs> combination to evolution. <laughs> evolution. <laughs> Originally released in Japan on October 9th, 2013, the equivalent manga chapters are 232 through 234, which were released in Japan on February 21st, 2005. Just so you guys know, Joe wasn't being racist. That's the name of the title in Japanese. It's yeah, the loan if, words. <laughs> if you take the kana and just put it into Romaji, it literally says that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in this episode, uh, Gon gets surrounded by a bat and owl chimera ants, uh, both hunters of the night, but s decides to bring it on. Uh, and he falls for a faint by the bat and gets attacked from behind by the owl. For some reason, owl is in all caps. <laughs> Not sure what's going on there. But uh, because the bat's wing, yeah, the owl, uh, because the bat's wings are so loud, Gon can't hear the owl. Wait, yeah, Gon can't hear the owl's attacks, but the owl can hear Gon's every movement. As he runs, Gon thinks that Owl will attack from the right, but the feathers are just a distraction, and he's attacked by the bat instead. Basically a deadly tag team between the ants with the long-range and short-range attacks. Um, I guess, like, I wanted to ask you guys, like, what did you think of the logistics of this fight? Because I, I actually really like the the teamwork display and kind of, like, the counter uh, that Gon eventually develops towards the teamwork. I think it's nice that, one, we get a battle where the villains work together in tandem, and we did that before. I remember when I'm thinking about it, they worked kind of together in um, Heaven's Arena, right? With the top, was it the top guy? Two of them were battling, right, at the same time? Or my my brain is. I think that did not happen. That did not happen. That was my my dumb brain. Anyway, it's cool to see that villains are working together, right? It's not like that stormtrooper thing where it's like one at a time. <laughs> we'll take you. You know, well, you know, they work together, which is which is interesting, and I I kind of like that. It gave it more. Um, I guess like um, creativity needed to be happening instead of just like punching through like the snake, right? Like or tying a snake to a tree. Tying or... a snake to a tree, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I love when when either heroes or villains tag team one character. I feel like that is so. In in in, it's just so fucking cool. Like, first of all, they always have sick fucking tag moves, which I fucking like. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, no one ever fights anyone one-on-one. One -on -one. <laughs> if you're a Jujutsu Kaisen character, guess what? You're fighting everybody all the time. I do really like that about JJK. So I don't love JJK as much as you, but I definitely really like the fights a lot. Um, specifically yeah. because of the interesting combination of powers, the tactics, and the way people have to like work together. Yeah. Yeah, because you could always. The thing is, like, even if you're stronger than somebody, doesn't mean you can't get get you can't get got. Uh, 
you know, just because you're more cursed energy doesn't mean shit. If they apply their cursed energy better than you, guess what? You eat a dick and you you're you're six feet under, bro. You're looking at the lights. Um I'm Which telling is you, man, you need about... to get further into Hunter Hunter. Yeah, you really need to get further into Hunter. Like right. there's a lot of that. A yeah, lot of like, like hey, the... your aura level doesn't matter as much. Yeah. And it's not just the heroes too, it's like the bad guys essentially. Um like or not bad guys. I guess there's not that many In- antagonists, sure. whether yeah. or not they're bad. Yeah. It's not that many like bad, bad guys. <laughs> really gotta think about that for you. It's, it's all gray, man. It's just oh, all gray. Shades gray. Uh, Gon decides to change his approach and focuses on the bat's movements while, uh, while the owl feathers attack him. He almost punches the bat, but she uses echolocation to avoid being hit. Um, I think they discussed this in the intercut in the manga. I don't know if it was as clearly said in the anime, but like they mentioned that, like, hey, they use echolocation in caves that are full of stalactites and stalagmites and like thousands of other bats. So the the fact that they can make like micro movements to avoid each other is like insane. So this kind of dodging does make sense, I guess, for them. Um, so the bat telepathically tells Owl that Gon can predict his uh, her next movements and the Owl remarks on how his aura ke- keeps growing, which, you know, is freaking him out. And Gon prepares his rock attack while Owl feels threatened, so the bat's confident that she can avoid it with her echolocation. She approaches Gon quietly, flying higher so that Gon can't hear her, any of her wing beats, and she, dives bomb, uh, she dive bombs down on Gon, who's staying still, but can actually hear her wings slicing through the air as she falls. Uh, when a super confident bat gets close, Gon slowly turns and shouts loudly in her ears. So, um, kind of a weird, an interesting note that I had was, uh, this initially looks like a visual quote of, uh, a fight from Yu Hakusho, like during the Genkai, uh, succession arc, where Yusuke is spinning around backwards to hit a bat person in the face. Um, but in this one, you know, the idea was she would dodge too fast. So he did like a multi-angled attack and, you know, like a, a, a shout is like a missive basically. So, like, you can hit a bunch of angles at once, and since she has super hearing, super hearing it, it will hit her. But I do think it's interesting how much it reminded me of that. And the reason that, like, shot specifically jumped out to me is because it was in the Toonami promo for Yu Hakusho back in the day mm. of, like, the camera spinning around Yusuke and then him just, like, hitting a bat with a fucking haymaker. You're 100% correct. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like um, Hunter Hunter is has taken a lot for Yu Yu Hakusho. I think most shonens have. So I'm not surprised that. Um, I was gonna say, um, yeah, like I, I often say that Hunter Hunter is kind of like a lot of the ideas that Togashi wanted to do in Yu Hakusho, but like just the frantic pace wouldn't let him do it. And since now they kind of just like let him write at his own pace, he can give it the thought that he would have liked to have given fights in Yu Hakusho. Yeah, when you watch Yu Hakusho and Hunter X Hunter back to back, like with Yu Yu Hakusho being first, like you really can tell like the growth and development of like Tagashi as a as an author and as a creator between the two, and giving like more space for like not just interesting combat, but like development of the characters. Right, like they develop Yusuke, but he overall still stays basically. Does he stay the same? He be, I think he becomes more empathetic and like he definitely pairs down on some of his worst traits. Yeah. Um, like I think he has the most of an arc. I guess Kuwabara does too, like because Kuwabara is like now like responsible for things outside of just fighting. Yeah. But like Kurama and Hiei are kind of static simply because like they're even thousands though of years old. <laughs> well, I was gonna say yeah, Kurama is like hundreds of years old. He's eternal. Or, or maybe thousands. And Hiei, even though he's probably not that old, like, you know, has seen some shit. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, these kids doing this thing isn't, like, crazy to them. Um, 
But yeah, Tagashi Tagashi definitely developed as between the two series. But like you can tell there's a lot of like, wasn't that guy in Hunter or wasn't that guy in Yu Yu Hakusho? Like character wise. Like there's I guess only so many characters you can come up with like that. Um I think some of it's I think it's definitely fun. Yeah. It could be a nod, it could be accidental, but either way it I feel like this one's a nod. I feel like this is a nod to his old work. I don't know. I'd have to look at it. Like, because mm-hmm. I think I wrote that note regarding the manga, in which case, like, that would support that. But if mm-hmm. we were just looking at anime to anime, that could be accidental, depending oh, yeah. on how the, the part that Tagashi actually authored was. That's fair. Of course, the people who animated Hunter x Hunter 2011 could also be big fans of Yu Hakusho because it was probably on when they were kids because it's 20 years earlier. Oh, true. Which is fucking crazy to think about. Um, yeah. But anyways, uh, a disoriented bat is unable to see because, you know, her ears are kind of ringing right now and flies away. But Gon sends his uh, Jajankin paper uh, to her, uh, which is kind of like Yusuke's spirit gun, but much weaker because it's not Gon's specialty. Um, owl and his, the, the owl shows up in like what Gon describes as gorilla mode and deflects the attack by throwing a real rock at it. So uh, Gon avoids uh, another rock from the owl, but can't avoid the next punch. Uh, he realizes that there's another ultrasound, there's more ultrasounds making his head spin. Okay, so I see this a lot in anime and manga. Do you guys know if there's any basis for this? Like really high-pitched noises making people more sick than just like a very loud, like low-pitched noise? Like I have no idea if there's any basis in reality for this. I find it annoying. Like, you know, like when you're in school and like, because older people can't hear the higher noises. Because at a point you just can't hear it. Even if it's not that loud, you just can't hear, right? If the pitch is too high. Because like when you're in school and you have the app, like all the kids would be like, what's that noise? And all the teachers would be like, shut up. Yeah, someone has an app on their phone, but like I can't hear it. So, you know, I assume, I don't know. That's my, that's my guess. I mean, the government spends uh, millions of dollars on uh, sound and ultrasound weapons, so you know there has to be I some basis. About that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, our government yeah, spends a lot true. of money on stupid bullshit. Um, yeah, it's like an anti-riot weapon, if I remember correctly. I totally forgot about that. Uh, so, in the shadows, uh, Melioron uh, watches and finds Gon's situation quite amusing, and Gon uses Gyo, but the bat distracts him with her ultrasonic dissonance, and he gets punched by Owl again. Yo, ultrasonic dissonance sounds like a fucking like magic card or something um yeah uh while owl keeps on attacking him he tears up and spits on some cloth from his pocket using it to cover his ears um he can now locate owl due to uh its aura but he just senses a feather owl using zetsu to conceal himself gives gon another series of punches gon's aura is the only thing preventing him from getting any damage and Gon knows he can defeat Owl using Rock, but he fears that if he does so, the bat might run away and warn the other ants. So he's like, I kind of got to take these two out as like a two for one deal. <laughs> I got to murder them now. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And it, it's it's kind of interesting because if you think about real ants, if you ever see a real ant going somewhere in your kitchen, you need to kill it now because if it gets back to the hive, like it will create a scent trail that the other uh, that the other ants will get to. Is that re- okay? So that is actually true because it's one of those things that I've always heard about. But, like, I never verified by, like, an internet search. Um, you know how there's a lot of stuff we found out? Like, you get hairy palms if you jerk off too much. But, like, <laughs> Google that, maybe you thought it was true, right? Um, well, yeah, you get a very different result if you search hairy palms jack off. Yeah, that's... You get my you get linked to my OnlyFans. That's what happens. Nice. 
Um, but yeah, that is true. But I mean, like, you know, it, it's not like a 100% thing. Cause like also that ant can get lost and just fucking die and never make it back <laughs> it to its hive lost. too. But in the case where it does get to its hive, this is how ants like basically relay uh, information to each other is by using chemical signals. Oh, so okay. I guess like some ant predators use different chemical signals to fool them into going to places they shouldn't. Uh -huh. I wouldn't be surprised if one can make like fake uh, ant signals for like go here for food and then just like have them all like step into its mouth or some shit. <laughs> like an anteater? Not an anteater because they're very active. I'm saying more like an ambush predator of some sort could probably uh, do it. I got you. Um, but yeah. So uh, Gon knows he can... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he covers himself uh, in aura to avoid major damage and attacks Owl. And the Owl covers his ears so Bat can fully use her ultrasonics while Gon is shrouded himself with aura and keeps punching. Gon figures out that their weakness is... That they their teamwork is too good. Because, uh, you know, if you can tell how someone is going to move based on, like, their teammate, you know more... Like, basically, it gets rid of all, like, probability and you just, like have like a very deterministic way of knowing what they're going to do. So even though these two have like really good coverage of each other, the fact that it is completely in sync actually is very weak. So uh, Gon just grabs a log and keeps swinging it until it reaches behind him. And the bat gets blown back away by the force, like, and straight into a wall. Basically her, like it shows for a brief second, her perspective of echolocation. She's like, wait, there's a whole like wall moving towards me. And then she realizes that it's wind and she hits straight into a wall and gets knocked the fuck out. Um, with Bat down, Owl runs away, but Gon yeets him out of the country with Jajanken. And uh, Melioron is extremely impressed, <laughs> thinking Gon can be useful. I just pictured him, like, getting kicked like a dog over a fence. Like, I just, you know, I just imagine the Team Rocket, you know, blasting yeah, off yeah, again type thing. Blasting off again. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, elsewhere, Kilo is showing the village people. <laughs> wow, okay, yeah, the, uh, the YMCA is, is being done here. Um, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, elsewhere, Kilo is showing the people from the village that Diego was already dethroned and that there's brainwashed soldiers slaughtering people. The village people believe him. God damn it. <laughs> Running off to warn others is instructed. Oh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Kilo is the macho man, et cetera, et cetera. Macho, macho man. <laughs> um, but Neferpito senses a change of course in her plans and thinks it might be an assassin but it might also be a decoy since he's acting on his own. Uh, they rush inside the palace and Shia Poof asks uh, to ask Shia Poof for advice. He says that it's a diversion, so they can't go. Uh, Neferpito thinks the decoy is acting like he doesn't want to get caught, but Shia Poof insists it must be an act to draw Neferpito out. He mentions that their mission is to protect the king and let the other ants handle the rest. And I, I do like this kind of like dynamic between the villains of like, you know, both of them are very intelligent, but there's, like, a difference in, like, tactical wisdom. Uh, so Hagia arrives with Flutter and Hina, asking Shia Poof if they can return the favor for taking them in. Uh, Neferpito tells them to kill whoever is disabling her puppets, giving him a cell phone <laughs> so they can update him on the location of the target since they can't use telepathy. I forgot, yeah, because they're different generations of ants. Um, the earlier generations can use telepathy. The later ones can't because they're more and more human-like. Um, or animal-like, I guess, in the case of these ones. Uh, when the group leaves, uh, wow, they really wrote out the full name in these notes. Uh, Montutuyupi asked <laughs> if they can trust Lael. Uh, Neferpito says no, since they're trying to earn the Royal Guard's trust. And Chaipuf adds that they're probably looking for an opportunity to betray them. 
Um, so basically the idea is like, you can trust them insofar as you know they're trying to do work to get us to trust them, which is real Machiavelli shit going on. <laughs> I can't trust you because you want me to trust you. <laughs> no, no, no. That, I, I, think, I, think it's, I think this note's somewhat incorrect. I think it's more like we can trust them, but only insofar as we know that they are trying to earn our trust. So it's just like at a later point, they will betray us. So know that on the average, they'll be doing stuff that is beneficial to us. But then the worst case scenario, they will do something that will stab us in the back. Okay. It's, it's real like fucking um, confidence <laughs> intervals on like a fucking graph type shit. That is the worst metaphor anyone That's has ever said. That's the nerdiest one. <laughs> oh, you, you say that, but just wait till I do some math later in this episode. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, so Kilo is planning his approach for the next village, but turns around when something blocks his way. Uh, meanwhile, Knuckle worried about Chitu heading towards East Gorto since the other hunters failed to capture him. Uh, he's in a bad mood since 319 Camarants have been captured by the Hunter Association, but according to Cult, none of these are squadron leaders. They know that Chitu is going to East Gorto because the king is there, and if they allow more Camarants to join the king, the royal guard will be hard to draw away. Knuckles ready to fight, but Shoot says that they need to contact Morel before they go in. And Morel gets frustrated and tells Nov the association send another hunter instead of Lique, a name that they just said. But like they're like, you know who this is, and we're all like, Lique, no, Lique. you know that guy. Uh, in the manga, Does he they have ever like a whole. Back? No, I don't think so. In the manga, they have like a whole section talking about like these are what temp hunters are, and it has like a little intercut oh like God. where it just explains it. At least this one's not like a zoo book like the other ones were. <laughs> zoo book, zoo books. Yes, God. I'm now imagining zoo books, but for anime. Zoo book. Oh, I'd love that. I would. I would subscribe. I would too, actually. Now that I think about it, yeah. just like all the creatures from like, like all the Toriyama background creatures, I would totally oh, like get zoo books cool. of those. Yeah. Uh, so Nov tells him to calm down since he's going against the uh, since going against the board would mean trouble for the chairman. And Morel's still annoyed since sending incompetent hunters to take down the strong uh, squadron leaders means failures, which will get blamed on the chairman and potentially kick him out of the board. It's all bureaucratic and corrupt BS. Uh, and note, uh, Morel is reading a book uh, called... Oh, wait, no, it's not Morel, it's Nav. Nav is reading The Secret Garden, uh, which is a book that we'll uh, talk about later. But we then go to uh, Marcos calling them about a coup taking place and citizens found out about the massacre happening all over the country thanks to our boy Kila. So this was kind of confusing to me because when I saw Nav and Morel talking with that dude, I thought they were going to, I don't know, fucking inform him of what was going on, but it turns out not. <laughs> nope. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, it made sense once I read it, but I'm like, yeah, that seems tactically like a really weird decision, guys, but okay. Uh, so an alarm rings and Nov turns on the TV to an upcoming announcement from Diego. Uh, he declares that East Gorto is under martial law and that everyone needs to stay indoors while he, while the soldiers come and search for any rebels. Anyone who disobeys will be punished. Morel and Nov uh, realize Gon and Kila took matters into their own hands. So the martial law and the ants plan B, if anyone found out, they cut off East Gorto from the world. Uh, while the soldiers march on, Kilo has this like maybe more badass than it needed to be monologue like, yeah, bring on tanks, fighter jets, whatever. I'll take them all on. And then it cuts to the new ending theme. I guess, uh, so what did you guys think? And Benel, especially you being like, I feel this is the most like, how did this context arrive from like where the show starts? I'll be honest, I was kind of, I kind of tuned out after the fight. 
the fight was really cool. Damn. But, uh, but like, then they started talking about the basically like the fucking intrigue, and I was like, I I don't have any context for any of this. So this uh, this song is actually like really, I'd say controversial. Like I think back in the day, it was like kind of considered like unabashedly good. Like everyone loved it. But I think now that more people have gotten to Hunter Hunter during COVID, because you know, like when people were looking for shows that they hadn't watched, Hunter was definitely like a well regarded one that a lot of people jumped on. Um, I think opinion has been very divided about this saga because some people definitely think it's like overly bloated and kind of up its own ass, and then other people are like masterpiece. I'm on the masterpiece side, um, but like I definitely hear where people are coming from with the "Hey, it's bloated," especially with how much they use an like a an extra external announcer who does not exist in the rest of the show. Like you needed the external announcer though, or else you'd be hella confused. Like I, I completely agree, and it works really well in the manga. But I can see how people who watch the anime who are not used to that device would be like, "What the fuck? What happened here?" Yeah. Um, I think I was so weirdly enough for the Chimera Ant arc, I was on the bloated side when I first watched my first run through of the show. By the second watch, I ended up like I love this arc, but like the first watch through, I also I hated the, the ant arc. I don't know what it was. I I don't know. I think there was a lot of pauses in between at first, which are necessary when I watch it again. But I think the first time I watched it, I didn't like it. I remember being like, the Chimera Ant arc is too long. But I think it's because up until this point, we spent most of our time in like different environments every 40 episodes or something like that. Oh, yeah. And this yeah. this saga has been, I think the saga at the end of it is like 60 episodes. Yeah. Does that sound right? Or yeah. maybe even more. Yeah. So I think my like little ADHD was kicking in by comparison to the rest of the show where it's like, well, okay, like this is interesting, but like, let's get a move on. <laughs> You're like, I get it. It's like North Korea. I yeah, get it. We get it. We get it. Or the United States. You pointed that out. Um, Joe, and I was like, oh, shit. It is. It is basically um, the U.S. I, okay. So the thing with the, the U.S. comparison, I don't think that would have been his intention because I don't think that would have been as much in the zeitgeist at the time. Mm -hmm. I think the way this saga ends is a commentary on things the U.S. does to other countries. But Right, right, right. But I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think this country is actually like the U.S. I think it was supposed to be modeled on like, something like North Korea and kind of just like Togashi getting out his like ideas about like unjust rule and like, you know, survival of the fittest and like perspectives on like what it means to be human in a society that like completely demeans you as an individual, stuff like that. Yeah. That makes sense. So uh, in the manga, we have a uh, poll that uh, Patrick got of uh, Gon doing the yell, which just looks very goofy. Uh, it's, it's pretty funny. I, I'm a huge fan of the manga art, even the unfinished versions. And then they have uh, one, He uh, Patrick uh, took out one of uh, Ming Jol Ik, where he just really very much looks like, uh, hey, what if uh, Kim Jong-il was being weakened to Bernie'd? <laughs> he really, he is being weakened to Bernie'd right now. That is 100% true. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah, so did anyone die these episodes? I, I think like both the ants that Gon fought survived, right? I think so. I don't think there was like a, a definitive like that guy's dead, dead. Like, like he's either murdering them oh. unrelentlessly or like mercies. Like I don't really. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the bat and owl are dead. I, I think he knocked them out. Certainly. Yeah. No. Uh, no deaths this episode. Besides the countless off-screen ones, I guess. Yeah. See, uh, <laughs> except for the you know thousands upon thousands of uh, 
you know, dead lives. Uh, no, no one matters. <laughs> no one matters. No one yeah. with first names. No. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> uh, given what we eventually find out about the uh, nature of society in the country, the idea of "quote unquote" no one with first names still works in a really dark way. Oh Jesus! Yeah, you're right. I, you're I guess right. technically they do have first names, but the idea of like, yeah, you're just part of a collective. Yeah, this weird Greenpeace type of collective. <laughs> oh just yeah, I guess. So now, now it's time for ads. Let me just pull up the. I forgot to emplace the ad real quick. Um, and then I'll I'll say that, and then we can break for a, a second. Um, but now, how you how you holding up? Sorry, this has gone a little bit longer than. No, I mean uh, this is a usual Naruto length for me. Sounds good. Let me just find this message. Oh, did I not? Oh, okay, here. Are we doing three episodes today? Yeah, we are, because uh, basically we were behind, so we we're like, yeah, we need to do this, because like we've been having like a really weird schedule, because like there's yeah. been so many family things and people out of town and stuff. Are we doing? Are we, and we're doing um, um, research or? Yeah, we might we might drop the research depending on how we how we go at that point. Um, okay. And also, it's just it's literally just math calculations of me being like, Kilo was fast. <laughs> oh, you're doing like the whole like Superman versus the Flash, but it's Chitu versus Kiloa. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, Kilo is very fast, but not in a way you would guess, or something stupid like that. It's basically like, what if you had the worst version of MythBusters? I mean, if I don't Yo, ask I questions, you'll probably get through this pretty quick. <laughs> Sorry, what? If I don't ask questions, you'll probably get through this pretty quick. Sounds good. Okay, so I'll, I'll just do this, and then we can cut to ads, and then we'll do the second half and be done. Uh, if anyone needs to use the bathroom, uh, like, we can do that right after. Okay, so anyways, Prime Day is coming. Check out the HyperX store on Amazon.com to find great Prime Day deals on July 12th and 13th. This will Stuck not in the be latest released. Game. Sorry, be released in time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is maybe stuck on the latest gaming gear from HyperX, so you'll be ready for all the new launches and content drops this summer. Mark your calendars and set your alarms. Deals like this won't be around long. <laughs> it might not have been around at all by the time you hear this. <laughs> you know, you can still go to the HyperX store on Amazon.com. That's HyperX, and just pay all for right. price. And now for yeah, yeah. you have no more Fuck deals you. because we don't release these episodes that quick. We really should. Uh, anyways, and now a word from our compatriots and benefactors. Actually, by the time you listen to this, it's probably my birthday. Happy birthday, me! Oh. Damn, nice. Hi, it's me, Jeremy Parrish, co-host of the Retronauts podcast, the only video game history podcast that's been around so long. It's also a part of video game history. Every week, one of the motley rabble who hosts this show leads a deep dive into the past, whether it's to break down a classic franchise, learn more about a timeless game from its creator, or just wallow in nostalgia. Relive history with Retronauts, here on the HyperX Podcast Network. Sequelcast 2 and Friends looks at movies and video games and franchises, one movie and game at a time. Hosted by Matt Bradley Shurgi, Thrasher, and Alex Miller, been going since 2009, and we're part of the HyperX Podcast Network. Episode 100 Tracking and Pursuit. 
Tsuiseki Niwa Suigeki. Uh, Niwa is a preposition I've not seen before. Uh, I actually will look that up later. Um, this would be a good time to have had Megan here right now, but... <laughs> Uh, originally released in Japan on October 16th, 2013, the equivalent manga chapters are 235 through 238, and then also 241, uh, which were released in Japan on March 19th, 2005. Oh, Megan, how's it going? Um, I was just saying the title included the word niwa, which I've not ever seen before and like oh. appears to be a preposition I've not seen. Um, do you know more about that? Oh, niwa. Because oh, it looks God. like it's being used as and, but I have a feeling that there's a different... It, There's a difference here because I usually think of to for and. So ni is usually used as in tracking in pursuit, in pursuit of tracking maybe. Ni wa ni is oh, okay. in usually. Wa is like it's h a it it's spelled. Hold on, hold on. No, no worries. I mean, I think that gets across. Like, hey, this is a slightly different preposition, and maybe just the way it translates into English like goes into just the same preposition that would be used for like to would be used for in Japanese. Yeah, it's in the purpose for the purpose of or in order to. Oh, okay. So tracking for the purpose of pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I can see why they maybe didn't title it that in English. Yeah, there's like and pursuit. We'll stick to the format. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh Megan, you want to you want to take this one? I just realized that even though I wrote these notes, uh, I did the last uh episode, oh, yeah. so Absolutely. Um, so, Knuckle and Shoot await Chitu, who is running along a series of dirt roads in intercut shots. Um, the announcer reminds the audience about APR. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. But now, APR, mm -hmm. if you watched that episode, you were you confused? <laughs> were you Incredibly. Oh, incredibly. Great, great. I'm still confused, and I've watched this like eight times. It's fine. It's a guy whose power is loans. Yeah. <laughs> he forcibly loans you energy by injecting energy into you with a punch, and then he's like, you owe me, and the in interest rate is insane. So he's just like, hey, what if Tom Nook was an even worse guy? <laughs> uh, the funniest part is that, like, technically he does make them stronger for a bit, so, like, it can backfire on him pretty easily, <laughs> I feel like. I think it's worth him using when he's facing someone who's much stronger than him already. So yeah. he's just like, what more is my little bit of energy going to do to you? That's fair. Yeah. But then you can go bankrupt and then he can't use Nen at all for the person, whoever he inflicts Nen. Yeah. He on. can basically, he's like, oh, if your debt increases to higher than your total aura, you go bankrupt and like, I can steal your Nen for like a week. Yeah. So then they're absolutely powerless or like, I mean, they still have their regular strength, but. You know. But compared to someone with like aura, they're just gonna yeah. get their ass kicked. Yeah. Um, so the announcer dude needs to remind us how that works because no one's gonna remember that and how it will resume after being within range for Knuckle for 10 seconds. So if Chichu runs into Knuckle for more than 10 seconds, the calculations presume, right? Um, it it and resumes I, and it also like yells it out. It's just like, you've accrued interest. Yeah, he kind of looks like, um, who's that guy from Dragon Ball Z? <laughs> Chao Tzu? Uh, yeah, no, he's wake. He's like Chouchu's already like a baby, but like APR is baby. It's baby. You know, like, yeah. yeah, one is a baby, the other is baby. Baby. Um, this is intended to spell out how fast Chichu is because he is going 111 miles per hour. Um, but it's actually a really bad way of doing so, which I will explain in the episode. Um, so maybe maybe we'll get to where Joe explains the speed of Chichu. <laughs> Um, 
Knuckle notices Chichu change directions, even though according to their intel, the ants are unable to deal with Zetsu. To reinforce something is up, Knuckle also notes that they are um, downwind from Chichu, so he couldn't have smelled them either. Um, <laughs> they have the high ground. Um <laughs> Then he is surprised to realize Flutter, who is hovering above the battlefield, warned Chitu and is coordinating the ant's movements. Flutter's superior, Leol, um, the li- the lion tiger dude, is ha- happy to have thereby put Chitu in his debt. Um, Hiloa is going around. Uh, what is that word? Uh, it's Pheidippides. He was the guy after the Battle of Marathon who ran back to Athens to tell them, like, hey, man, like, battle's over. Or I forget what he told them, but he, like, collapsed dies. and died. Yeah, he dies yeah. after the run. Okay. Um, trying to warn people about the coup ant replacement, but is failing because Puppet Diego pulls a weekend at Bernie's and appears on TV to assure everything is fine. There's no, there's no war in Boxing Singh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I love the bossing say reference. Absolutely um, perfect. Gon continues to run from pursuers and is unsure where the people who are following him are and is thinking they might be waiting for more ants to support them. Chichu dead names Leol by calling him Hagya. <laughs> um, which Leol thinks must have been on purpose. Leol offers to rid Chichu of APR and Chichu asks and confirms that like Kellis boy gathering milkshake. Oh, <laughs> my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Yes. Um, he'll have to charge. Um, Leon spells that Leon spells Leol. Yeah. Sorry. Leol. That's a typo on my part. You also, Leol spells out that she too can get a new power from Shia Poof by swearing his loyalty to the King. Note, there are a lot of use of sir and Lord all of a sudden, even in English. Yeah, it was um, weird because they didn't use that for like yeah. the past couple episodes and all of a sudden it's like, ah, Sir Chitu. <laughs> it's like the mouth flaps aligned now. I, I wonder if it's just like that. I wonder if it's um, Flutter specifically speaks in like an old Englishy way or some shit. Yeah, he probably uses Keigo. Like he probably uses yeah, like, exactly. formal Japanese. That seems like a Flutter thing. Like that's so Flutter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. So Flutter. Um, cut to Kiloba, who remarks he's being followed by someone way out of yo-yo range. <laughs> so he jumps into the jungle to escape the eye of Flutter, hiding under the roots. Hiding under roots. Of, <laughs> he pulls that. Uh, who's that guy from the Hunger Games? Um, I never watched the Hunger yeah, Games. He's a cake decorator, so he paints his face a realistic wood color. <laughs> I, I was honestly thinking more like, you've seen Lord of the Rings, right? No, I have not. Okay, well, there's an extended part of the first movie where they're being chased by these, like, undead creatures who ride horseback. Mm-hmm. And there's a part where they just, like, hide under the roots of a semi-upturned tree for, like, what feels like 10 minutes. It's probably, like, a minute. It's just, like, a scene of them, like, being scared shitless. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, and in, So they're hiding in there like Lord of the Rings and is attacked by Leol's army, sur- summoned by Flutter. First by a dung beetle and then by an insect man that Killua twists his head off in an instant. Killua's a badass. We all know this. Um, Killua then massacres an entire troop of armed cartoon apes with their own weapons. It's like the dung beetle is an NFT heist now All my as all my apes are gone. Uh, I'll be honest. Did not get into NFTs. Do not understand them. Did not want to understand them. Don't, don't worry. I didn't get into NFTs either, but there was like a famous... Uh nft heist where the guy just posted on twitter 
all my apes gone. My favorite MF NFT meme is Slurp Juice. Someone explaining Slurp Juice to people. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> my absolute favorite. <laughs> absolute favorite. You, Google Slurp Juice and you guys will be, see one of the weirdest coffee pastas of all time because oh it, it just reads like gibberish. Oh, I, have a, I have a move in my repertoire that I demand that the commentators call it Slurp Juice. Like I made it into what, a wrestling uh, move. If you were to describe it in like more like standard wrestling terms, like what what is like what kind of uh, technique is it? It is a uh, reverse dominator face buster. I'm gonna leave it up to audience to Google that because I don't know what that is. That seems oddly sexual. <laughs> it is a it is a uh, shoulder yeah, carry. Can I, can I guess what it is? Can I yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, go so, wait, what is it? It's a reverse dominator face buster. Yeah. So you you pick them up upside down, you drop them, and then you sit on their face while you bury yourself into their crotch. That <laughs> I is going to say while you nut. That, first of all, that is uh, a reverse dominator face buster special. Uh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> special part is oh. my turn. <laughs> Only for the customs. It is a shoulder. It is a shoulder lift. Uh, I basically put them onto my shoulder like a, a sack of potatoes. I throw okay. them up in the air and then fall with them. Oh. So they land on their face, and I push them down as they land on their face. That's kind of cool. That's kind of dope. Um. So, knowing the reverse dominator face buster, also known as a slurp juice, what you yep. called it? I called it a slurp juice. A slurp juice? Okay. A slurp juice. Because you need, um, you need, you need, with one slurp juice, you can make, you can take one ape and make it three apes. And as we all know, <laughs> ape together is strong. Yeah. That's how it works. And now all my apes gone. But not, I mean. <laughs> um, so as, as he retreats, Killua goes in for the finish and is blown away by an explosive fart that leaves Killua singed, singed. I'm singed, singed, smelly, and pissed. Um, I'm assuming mad, not literal. <laughs> um, the wait, old... sorry. Wait, huh? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, no. He is singed. He is smelly, and he is pissed in the sense of he's angry. He is not, not he's, like, pissed, pissed himself. On. Yeah, okay. Or he pissed yeah. himself. Okay, great. Um, the whole experience makes Killua realize that Flutter is coordinating the enemies, allowing them to counter at his assassin techniques. Killua gets hit with hot rod flea bullet. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The, the flea bullet thing. Um, that he instantly mistakes for a rifle shell. Flutter is coordinating the attacks of a sniper in a grid he set up by relaying coordinates. It's like playing, um, it's like battle, battleship. battleship. Huh? It's like battleship, but with a sniper. With a sniper. And he knows where he can see. <laughs> mm -hmm. The sniper's free fleetum um, uses Nen like a bagpipe and is the apparatus um to fire fleas in the long distance while singing and reciting or reciting poetry that praises his living ammo's 200 meter vertical leap augmented by his air gun. I really thought this guy was kind of cool. Like he's pretty memorable for one of like the random ants that you meet like across the day. He's not a random ant though. He's a main character. Oh, he's oh yeah. No, he's a definite main character. Um But the the host is definitely just a corpse. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Yeah, I was like, I think she forgot, forgot. that detail. Forgot that, the like, the first detail. time you meet this guy, yeah. you don't know what he is. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, Killua focuses his Ren while Flutter explains his own 
site as being compiled from that of uh, multiple dragonflies. Um, Killua is explained by the narrator that use narrator to not use N as he's bad at it and only has a range about 57 centimeters, which means that projectiles have to get close before he's trying to react. Um, so he's like a little reaction. 57 centimeters is like a foot and a half, right? Uh, yeah, that's like a foot and a half. And just to clarify, sorry, I, I wrote that he like uses, he has a 57 centimeter N that's, uh, N that's not even correct. Like N starts at like two meters. Mm -hmm. So this is just like his Ren being like a shitty replacement for his bad use of N. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, Luckily, he does with so with incredible speed and strength. This will also be examined mathematically later. But let's just say he puts Cheeto's speed to same. Um, but what if he didn't though? To determine the trajectory of the bullet, he allows himself to be hit using the entry point of the bullet into his aura and its point of impact to determine the second secant sec second second secant can't yeah line through his aura and the surface of surface normal heading to the bullet source only joe would be able to write these notes maybe maybe pat actually maybe hannah and sarah i don't get it <laughs> trig was not my thing is this trig this is trig or is this Kevin? uh it's trig and like 3d math generally like basically he uses his aura and like where he's actually getting hit on his body to make two points in his mind so he can figure out like hey the trajectory follows the line that are defined by these two points oh okay mm-hmm you know, when I'm watching the anime, I understand it as we say it out loud and outside of me watching it, don't get it. Um, but it makes sense. Um, Katagon, who has to run to the dunes so he has perfect view of anyone trying to approach or sneak up on him, Gon yells at them to show themselves, but Melaron reveals himself by phasing in from a predator-like active camo, and he's going and tells Gon that the dunes are so barren, even Gon wouldn't make it through, so he had to speak up. Which is kind of sweet, actually. He adds that he was once a squadron leader and that he's following Gon because he thinks he'll make a really valuable partner. Meloron, uh, who's the chameleon, acknowledges that he's been following Gon since Killua was with him and Gon take it and Gon takes it as an insult that he chose to attack him instead of Killua. Meloron explains that this is not the case and he's blown away Gon believes him a couple lines of dialogue exchange before he stopped trying to convince him. Um, cut to Galt Killua being willingly led into a trap by a fleetum by the fleetum guy who he instantly kills. They begin to plummet into a lake full of Castlevania style mermen who gladly eat the oh yeah who gladly eat the body while mourning that it that it's the wrong guy. One of them. Death sounds like Rick and Rick of Rick and Morty and says, I want to stop, but I can't. Um, it straight up sounded like him in the English version. <laughs> Is it? Was it? I, I haven't. You know, I'm going to look this up. Justin Roiland. Justin Roiland. Hunter, Hunter. Yeah, was he ever working on anime? I know he works on a lot of like. He was in that Fishtails show. Or fish hooks. I don't know what I don't know what that okay, is. That, that was I was a phased out of Disney Channel by the time I watched that. But like he played a nerdy um, fish. <laughs> on the Disney Channel. Um, the episode ends with Killua asking the recently self-introduced Ikalgo, who is the squid guy, why his name is basically squid when he's an octopus. Ika means squid. Um, Jesus, Killua, you can't just ask people why they're a squid. <laughs> um, but otherwise, yeah, so it turns out that the Fleetum guy was being controlled by Ikalgo. Um, and when they all fall in, I think 
does Killua see? No. I don't know how they end up in the situation, but they uh, they don't get eaten by the merman. <laughs> I don't see anything on uh, Justin Roiland's uh, filmography for it, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe. Maybe uncredited voices of Hunter x Hunter. Um, yeah, so in the manga, it has a uh, map of Iskorto, so you can tell the approximate location of everyone, which, like, I like, but I definitely can tell why they didn't put this in the in the anime, because, like, this wouldn't be that helpful, like, if you only got a limited amount of time to look at it. Oh, that's kind of nice. Wow, I never really thought about this as a... So Gon's like, oh, so Gon was trying to go into the other... He's just going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, he's going, like, the absolute wrong direction. <laughs> Uh, the the question mark next to him, I guess, is uh, Melioron. Oh. And then there's a question mark above who I don't know who that is. Um, this looks like fucking Street Fighter 2, the Street Fighter 2 character select map. <laughs> kind of. Uh, and then um, there was a picture of Togashi that he drew of himself that just says revenge on it, which Patrick uh, took to be a thong, I guess. Oh, and then it shows the... It looks like a uterus to me. (laughs) Well, is that just because of current events, or...? I don't know. Everything kind of looks like a uterus now. Fair enough. Um, Yeah. No, it does. It does look like a uterus, because it, like, has the... I see it, but, like, I just see someone who's, like, fucking Megamind. Wait, what's it supposed to be? I think it's supposed to be, like, Megamind, because he usually draws his own face there, so I think it's, like, I'm... Big brain mode. I don't know. I'm, like, squinting to try to figure it out, like... It's actually two Batmans kissing. I see that. I low-key... Okay, here's what I see. I'm squinting. I see two dogs touching their noses together in the empty space. Oh, okay. I can legitimately see that, but that's not what it is. (laughs) It's two dogs touching their noses. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, Lady and the Tramp. You you get the prize, actually. Um... But anyways, the next shot is a dude being a dude whose head has been twisted off his body, but it's like partially censored. Um, you guys know that like Mormon porn, like where they like take like uh, uh, they put bubbles on a photo to make it seem like someone's nude who's not. It's like Mormon porn, but for violence. Wait, that's Mormon porn. Uh, I've heard it called Mormon okay. porn. I don't know if like Mormons actually like this or not. I have a good friend, and I have to. I always ask her about the weird like Mormon things. Um, she because she's cool and she like actually talks to me about like we can talk about religion where she's not trying to. She's just like, oh, this is what we do. I'm like, oh, cool. Um, but like she's she's chill, right? LGBTQ friendly, like pro abortion, that kind of vibe, right? Um, but she's just Mormon. Um, she, I ask her all the time because there was one thing about like. Is it true that people get naked but put a oh, sheet? Are you talking about soaking? Are you talking about yeah, soaking? Soaking. Fuck. I had to ask her about that, and she's like, "I think that happened, but it's not common." No, sorry. Explain. Explain it. Explain it. Sorry, I cut you off. No, you're good. Apparently, soaking, and I could be wrong about this, but either you're naked, but you have a sheet in between you and you with your partner, uh, assumably heterosexual, because that's if you're, <laughs> if you're doing this, you're probably heterosexual, um, and. You basically perform sex acts on each other, but like without full contact. So you're you have a sheet. <laughs> okay, that's that's not what I had heard. What I had heard was something way weirder. But, what was um, the weirder one? Be- before I tell you that, have you heard? Have you seen the movie uh, Naked Gun? No. 
Oh, okay. okay, so it's an old parody movie from the 80s. Oh, Steve Martin? Scene... Oh, no, not Steve Martin. Yeah, Steve Martin, yeah. yeah. No, it's not Steve Martin. It's Leslie gonna... Nielsen. Oh, Leslie oh, you're Nielsen. Yeah, right. yeah. It's Leslie Nielsen. You're right, you're right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, that's it's the culture club. Um, but uh, but I was going to say, there's this part where, like, there's, like, oh, yeah, I want to have safe sex. So, like, they're, like, pull out, like, you think he's going to pull out a condom, but the next shot is just them in two full body condoms just rolling around on a bed making out. It's really fucking awkward. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm good. Wait, so wait. It's I was awkward wrong, and also. Uh, it's oh, awkward and no. also someone's finish. Oh, it's definitely someone's finish. Okay, no, I lied. That's not soaking. Yeah, soaking is. Soaking is basically having a roommate jump on your bed so you can have the the, the intercourse. You, yeah, okay. it's, it's, yeah, yeah, you, that's you, it. That's you, it. I got it wrong. You penetrate, you, there's penetration, and then someone else moves you so that you can have intercourse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, because you're not moving, you're just soaking in it. <laughs> <laughs> the bed, it's not my fault the bed is shaking. Weird. See, if you do that it's... while wearing Jedi costumes, it's us soaking. There you go. I oh, can't <laughs> If you paint yourself blue beforehand, it's a soaking. Um, is she blue? I don't remember. Uh, I, think, I, think, I don't know I, what I got the green, I from. I think it that's probably a depends different who's rumor. rendering this at the time. Uh, maybe I'm mixing up two different traditions. No, I'm mixing up. I was mixing up the the um, the ultra orthodox, I think Jewish thing, with a uh, with soaking. <laughs> there's the sheet well, I, in I, between, I, right? See, the here's the thing. The, the, the yeah, the hole, but also that's you know, I think you just created a new a new thing. That's a new thing right now. Mm -hmm. like, I'm sure someone in the Mormon community is well. They get married at 19 because they're horny. Like, yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. They just need to. Why would just, you get married people, at nineteen? Oh, because you can't have sex until you're married, so you might as well. Yeah, we gotta do that now. I like it always blows me away when people marry the first person they had sex with, which is like insane to me because like I didn't like the first person that I had sex with. I can't imagine marrying that person. Uh. <laughs> I am marrying the person I first had sex with. Aww, <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah, I, I was just watching this happen. I was like, aww. That's so Tommy, I like how you went from, oh, that's disgusting to, aww. Well, no, I, I think I, the difference is because his personal experience. My personal experience is I don't like that person that had sex with me for the first time. You happen oh, to like okay. that person. And that's very sweet. Yeah, I just happened to, to be fair, yeah, we've been together since we were 13. That's adorable. So it's, it's that is legitimately adorable. It's, if you like the person that you, you were first yeah, with, right. then, but like the person I had sex with was a, uh, well, was a bat woman in a in a way as she was a vampire. So wait, no, okay. <laughs> you want to, oh my god, you, listeners, you, you can't you... see Megan's face, but holy shit. <laughs> Do you want to give us this full story, please? <laughs> oh man. Well, here's the before. thing. I was also also I was like 24, so I was like a. I was. It wasn't okay. like I was a teenager at the okay, time. Okay. Like this person just happened to be like incredibly racist, uh, and <gasps> was not expecting that part. Oh my <laughs> god! There you go. You never. You never do, huh? But yeah, she was just incredibly racist and uh, just a bitter, a bitter person who disliked everything and everyone. And I was at a low point in my life, so. Uh, was it a fetishization thing for her? Of course, for you? Oh, obviously. Like... Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Gross. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I and I'm Hard like dumb. 
yeah, I was like dumb and I had dumb and had a lot of mental issues. So I was like, yeah, but they let me touch their hoo-ha. So I'm down. <laughs> I Dude, have no thirst... self-esteem. Dude, thirst, thirst and the lack of self-confidence really does does a number on you. Does do wonders. Well, we Damn. <laughs> this is not what I was expecting. <laughs> Yeah, this is not what I was. Would you like to share your stories? Do you? Have I've been. Quiet. I was quiet the entire episode, and I was like, "Well, guys, let me tell you about my dick." Here we go. <laughs> Let's talk about our sex lives real quick in this children's anime. Um... This, hap- this happens a surprising amount. Yeah, speaking of dicks, where do we cut this off at? That's my new <laughs> that's, that's uh, like that's television show about my new circumcision reality show. <laughs> Who's that dick? skin um but anyways uh another manga shot uh that patrick clipped is uh of the dung beetle bombardier beetle guy running on top of a big thing of shit that says mm, like m next to it and m on the other side so he patrick just clipped it out and said mom i thought it said mom too i could see that but i think it's just supposed to be, mm. <laughs> um cool but yeah, uh, what did you guys think of these episodes? I think only the head twist off guy died, or oh, I guess all those monkeys did too. Yeah, we can we can rate those yeah. deaths. What do you think of head twist off guy? Head twist off guy got his head twisted off. That's like that's been a move. See, if this was the first time I saw the head twist off thing, I think I rated it higher in the manga because they blurted out, but barely. <laughs> They yeah, tried it's, to it's the Mormon it. porn of yeah. Now now back to the reason we got onto the weird subject was Mormon porn. It's oh, Mormon, Mormon porn, porn of murder. Mormon snuff film, my new band. Mormon snuff film. <laughs> uh, uh, mm. um, yeah, I would keep pray, uh, keep sweet, pray and obey. <laughs> Wait, sorry, what? Keep sweet, pray and obey. I've never heard of this. What the fuck is this? It's a Netflix um, documentary about the FLDS, so like the the fundamentalists, oh, the extremist Mormons. Um, people are people are getting into it. I, I feel like it's common. I thought it was common knowledge, but like you know, documentaries make things a little bit more palatable to watch a lot of times so um yeah. wait, wait wait you said common knowledge is in like you, you think a lot of people are only now finding out about the flds i think yeah it feels like that like i feel like everyone I mean, knew you, about you could be right because like outside of like the four corners area yeah. people don't really interact with mormons on a regular basis you know i never really thought about that but you're right like <laughs> yeah there's a mormon yeah you can see a mormon temple every like four blocks here it's not it's pretty prevalent, um, but they're different. I don't know. Anyway. But yes. Yeah, so uh, out of ten, I would give this death a, a five or something. Yeah, I agree. Vanel, how would you rate your first death? I love a good head twisting off. Like I'm a nice. I feel like it's a very, it's just a fun way to twist the to murder someone. I'm just gonna twist this guy's head off. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a seven pants. Seven pants, guys. Why pants? Yeah, what's your pants? It's a reference to Comedy Death Ray, which is another podcast. Oh. Uh, it's a reference to Comedy Death Ray, Mustard or Pants. Wait, what is Comedy Death Ray? I'm kind of interested in yeah. this now. Comedy Death Ray is an improv, is a improv podcast. Back, like, I used to listen to it back in the day. It's probably still going on, surely. It's Comedy Bang Bang now. That's what it's called. There you go. Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I know them by that name. Okay, wow, I think they've been Comedy Bang Bang for a long time, though. They've been Comedy Damn. Bang Bang for I longer than than they were Comedy Death Ray, I think. I think so, yeah, holy crap, I had never heard of them by that name. Yeah, that, that explains it, so 
I'm an old school dude. Like I, I listen to them when they're, you know, comedy death ray. That's how I still remember them because I remember when they changed their name, and I was like, oh, okay, so that's what we call them now. But I still think of them as comedy death ray. What is the longest? Like, what is the earliest podcast that you two listen to that's still around? Because like I think the oldest one I used to listen to, it just ended. Or no, 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 it didn't just end. The original ho- the original host left, but they're still going. What was it? Uh, the Giant Bombcast, which is affiliated with GiantBomb.com. Oh. Wait, what about you, Benel? WTF. Oh, with Mark Maron? Yeah. Nice. I've never actually listened to it. I should. How about you, Megan? So, fun fact. I had never listened to a podcast until we started doing this podcast. And it wasn't until... <laughs> It wasn't until like three years later that I decided oh, I should probably listen to a podcast at some point. So like the podcasts I'm listening to are pretty new. Like I like this wedding. Con- okay, I'm planning a wedding. Um, it's mine. It's my wedding. Um, but we're plan- <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> just for con- <laughs> I'm not a wedding planner. I'm just planning my own wedding. Um, and there's a podcast called Wedding Confessionals. It's really cute. They just talk about wedding confessionals i don't know how to explain it they're, they're very fun and a not another DD podcast is probably an older one i mean it's been around for a while but like not that long like i think it started in the 2010s at the very earliest so um none of these are that old like maybe five years old at most nice um so who else died uh all those monkeys i guess yeah all right um I, I guess Good three. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna give it a pretty low one too. I think because like in, I normally prefer the manga to the anime, but like their deaths were super like unclear in the manga, which is like not something I'm used to. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel about their deaths too. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Big yawn. Like a Big yawn for Um, I if we can count um flea bags. Oh yeah, you can count him because like I, he was he was already dead, I guess technically, yeah. but yeah. I think like he'd be kind of a six because it was I think the twist that there was a whole other fucking being inside his hat the whole time <laughs> was like <laughs> he was also weakened at Bernie's. <laughs> yeah, did you see the way he died in the uh, in the manga? Because like I think I posted it, but it's pretty sick. Oh really? So I don't remember what he does. I don't remember how Kilo kills him in the anime. I think he stabs him in the head, but like in the manga, he stabs him in the head with his like middle finger and then flicks off the like viewers as he's pulling it out of the, the head. It's it's very oh. teen edgelord. So I'd add one point for just the middle finger kill. Okay. Okay. Like a solid six, seven. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I guess like, what did you guys think about all these episodes together? Uh, Cause that kind of brings us to the end of uh, episodes for today. I guess like Benel, you first because you know you came in no context um, and having you know seen only the beginning of the series. Like, what are your thoughts? Like both watching them and also like kind of talking with us a little bit. I I was not expecting it to be to be this deep. To like, as I said earlier in the podcast, like I wasn't expecting all this intrigue, and there's a lot of intrigue to to absorb. So. It definitely piqued my interest as I'm like, yeah, how do we get to, how do we get from like a band of guys that are fighting, that are like hunting monsters to like fucking geopolitical musings on the state of Western imperialism? To be fair, there is some sort of buildup, right? But this one, it does kind of like, it goes from like, we're having an adventure. Let's fight these guys. I need to get revenge to like geopolitical. (laughs) 
Yeah, it, it, it has, like, ups and downs with levels of tension because, like, after the point you were watching, there's, like, a place where they, like, learn magical powers in, like, what I could effectively describe as, like, 1999 MMA. Uh, like, a 1999 MMA tournament, basically. Uh, and then after that, they're like, what if we just join the mafia for a while? And then, like, so it's, like, mafia political intrigue. And then they're just like, what if we just left? Uh, and now we just uh, go into an isekai for one season. Yeah. And then we leave the isekai. Yep. And then they're just like, okay, now uh, there's all these ants and they're threatening uh, global, like, you know, UN hegemony. Yeah. And, like, the whole point of the ant arc, not the whole point, but, like, a lot of the thing with the ant arc is that, like, Gon and Kilua, who you've been following the whole series, right, pretty much, really aren't the main characters here. <laughs> we follow their journey, but, like... They, they're the main characters, but at the same time, they're you don't see them as often as you'd think you would for one of these shows. But like, I don't know if you, I really missed Gon when he's not. They, around. they also never meet the villain of this arc. They don't. They really don't. Like, yeah, they're not fighting the big bad. They're here to set up for the fight for the big bad. Um, yeah. Like without like without like really spoiling too much, it's like really cool how like they're they're witnessing like basically like things beyond themselves it's it's crazy yeah um but that's up to you for decide if like this has piqued your interest enough to like go through the rest of the series um because it's not all like this <laughs> this is a very this was a very like plot heavy kind of like setup y type of episode uh, or episodes uh but anyways um uh, i have like a little bit of research to guys uh, we can cut this out if if not, but uh, do we have time for the research real quick? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, cool. Uh, so in episode 99, Nav was reading a book uh, titled The Secret Garden. Have you guys ever read this? Because I don't think I did, even though I know it's a famous story. I watched the movie as a kid, um, and it always gave me the heebie This is the one with like the, the girl who goes to the rich aunt's or uncle's house and then has this cousin who's like obsessed with her but really rude. And he's like in a wheelchair because like polio. I I think that's the case. Let me. I just have some notes here yeah. that I took. I've never read it though. Um, but the book that Nav is reading was called The Secret Garden, which is a novel by Francis Hodgson Burnett, first published in book form in 1911 after serialization in the American Magazine uh, from 1910 to 1911. Set in England uh, and is one of Burnett's most popular novels and seen as a classic of English children's literature. The plot centers around uh, Mary Lennox, a young English girl who returns to England from India, having suffered the immense trauma of losing her parents in a cholera epidemic. She is white, However, by the way, just to put that out there. Yeah, of course. I yeah, mean, that's, that's yo, so <laughs> I was going to say, if it was like, you know, around the 1900s and you were being transported from India to England, yeah, yeah you were probably white. Probably white. Um, so... Uh, her memories of her parents are not pleasant as they were selfish, neglectful, pleasure and a pleasure-seeking couple. Mary is given the care of her uncle, Archibald Craven, uh, whom she has never met. She travels to his home, Misslewaite Manor, These located 1900s in... children's stories are wild. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Misslewaite Manor in gloomy Yorkshire, a vast change of the sunny and warm climate she was used to. When she arrives, she is rude, stubborn, and given to stormy temper tantrums. However, her nature undergoes a gradual transformation when she learns of the tragedies that has befallen her strict and disciplinarian uncle, whom she earlier feared and despised. 
once when he's away from home, Mary discovers a charming walled garden which is always kept locked. The mystery deepens when she hears sounds of sobbing from somewhere within her uncle's vast mansion. The kindly servants ignore her queries or pretend they haven't heard, spiking Mary's curiosity. Uh, the whole thing, the whole thing's premise is about a physical and spiritual rejuvenation, both for the child, a supposedly crippled kid, and a disciplinarian widower, aka, are, are all these characters just Nov? Wait, wait, hold on, wait, a supposedly crippled kid? Oh, yeah, doesn't she kick him out of the wheelchair at some point? <laughs> I don't know, I've never read it, you tell me, does she kick a boy out of a wheelchair? I think she does, hold on. Have, have you guys seen Speed Racer, like the original show? Yes. I've only watched... Yeah, I've only watched like, like episode. one episode. It was an episode with like a kid who the dad makes a bunch of robots because he's like, my son was paralyzed by a car accident, so I hate cars, so I've made robots for some reason. But then they just show the dad like, your son can walk, you're just a dick. And like, I feel, I'm now wondering if that episode was just based on the Secret Garden. <sighs> potentially, potentially. <laughs> yeah, potentially, depending on what Megan finds about whether she kicked a guy out of a wheelchair. Oh yeah, Dickon. Dickon is the kid's name. For real, the kid's name is Dickon. Dickon, Dickon. He's an asshole too. I remember. From Dickon the movies, asshole, at least right. he's an asshole. Dickon. Maybe yes. he's not. Maybe he's. Oh. Did you make this up? I maybe made this up. Hold on. He admits that he believes Colin to be a cripple, angry at the being called a crippled. Colin stands up from his chair and finds okay, that his legs okay. are fine. So she doesn't kick him out, but he doesn't. He need... just stands up on his own. Okay, so so another thing I looked into was some speed calculations, given that they talked a lot about speed. So first about Chitu. Um, given that Chitu is running at, quote-unquote, 160 to 180 kilometers per hour, and Knuckles' APR range is cited as 100 meters like at this point, but they later clarify them at 50 meters, which means that probably one of them, when they say 100 meters, they meant the diameter, and 50 meters is the radius. Um, Knuckle has a two-second window, assuming he's standing still. Even if he gives chase and goes unnoticed, he can run. And, and even if he could run 90 kilometers per hour, approximately 56 miles per hour, he would only be in range for like three seconds, aka like seven seconds less than APR actually takes to take effect. So the bottom line is to keep Chitu in range for long enough time for APR's 10-second increment announcement, to matter they wouldn't they would have had to have like already made themselves like known to get him to stay in range so like yes chitu is very fast yes there is a way of showing this the 10 seconds thing is kind of like not really a great way of showing it because like the the calculations don't make any sense but it's whatever yeah 50 meters is kind of close it, it's very close especially if someone's like i don't know running as fast as a cheetah <laughs> Like, I feel like if I was running normally, it could probably, like, eventually, if he took a break, outrun Nov or Morel or whoever. Just, like, it's not a very far range of, of things. Yeah. You can outrun it but, pretty um, quick. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm being generous saying that he can run 90 kilometers per hour. Because, like, even with Nen, running at 56 miles per hour for, like, a long period of time seems really hard. Um, so Kilo is either able to move slightly more than half as fast as Chitu's top speed from a dead stop, or can go six times as fast. Let me explain. Uh, assuming that Ikalgo is aiming bullets at Kilo's central line, Kilo has either 0.00475 seconds or 0.000475 seconds, one-tenth of the previous measurement, to dodge. Kula's 0.57 meter, aka 57 centimeter, Nen radius is traveled by a projectile moving anywhere from 150 kilometers per hour 
uh, AKA 42 meters per second, which is the speed of musket fire to 1,500 uh, kilometers per hour, AKA 420 meters per second for modern sniper fire. And the bullet would clear the distance in 0.013 seconds or 0.0013 seconds. Given the average shoulder width of a 12-year-old boy is 34 centimeters and Kula probably has three centimeters of muscle on both shoulders, his body is effectively about four me- uh, 0.4 meters wide. To clear the bullet horizontally, you'd have to reliably move a little bit farther than half his body width to slide it past the impact normal. The question then becomes, how fast is someone to clear 0.2 meters in 0.013 seconds or 0.0013 seconds? The answer is somewhere between 30 meters per second or 300 meters per second. Uh, And how do these numbers compare to Chitu? If you convert them back into kilometers per hour, he is either 108 kilometers per hour or uh, 1080 kilometers per hour. So Kilo is moving incredibly fast. I guess, I guess, yeah, like you're, (laughs) this math is insane, Joe. (laughs) Uh, How long did this take you? Uh, like 30, like 30 minutes just because I kept on being like, huh, I wonder how, how fast rifle fire like goes. And then I had to like, look up, like, what is a modern sniper rifle? Like, how fast does that go? And so, yeah, I, this used to be like basically my job. I used to, uh, program like physics and gameplay stuff for video games. Oh Jesus. Well, that sounds fun. But also here's the thing. You have to factor his stamina in, right? Like theoretically, I think Kidlo could do like a 40 yard dash faster than Cheeto for sure. Cause he like basically teleports, but like could Kidlo run that far that fast for a prolonged period of time? I think you've basically stumbled upon the, the core of the issue, which is yeah. like, uh, Kula can go insanely fast at short distances, but probably can't keep this up the way Chitu can. Yeah, but still interesting that Kula is faster than Chitu, like in a hand-to-hand situation. Well, and keep in mind, this is also before he gets a major speed power up later. Oh yeah, huh? So yeah. like, he's probably just straight up faster than Chitu later. He just isn't as efficient at using his Nen. Yeah, that's fair. He's a sprinter, not a long-distance runner. <laughs> yeah, effectively. And that ends the math segment. <laughs> wow, math. Uh, but yeah, uh, Benella, I just wanted to thank you uh, so much for being here. And um, if you want to plug anything, go ahead, man. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much. Uh, lovely to be here. You can check me out at Talking Naruto Podcast. Uh, and if you feel so inclined, uh, support us at our Patreon, Talking Naruto Podcast. If you want to see me wrestle, well, first of all, you have to ask your per- nearby promoter to put me on their wrestling show uh they can reach out to me for all wrestling booking increments at hamwrestler at gmail.com uh and if you want to see me wrestle i'll be in denver colorado august 13th and 14th uh 13th for new era wrestling and 14th for primos wrestling and uh i will be in connecticut for coliseum wrestling on uh august checking date Come on, calendar. Don't do this to me. I did my promo work. August 19th. I, I need to like look into like when you got when your next uh you know shows are and such, just because like I would like to go to that one, but that's like the moment my girlfriend's moving to New York. So I yeah. don't think that's happening. She's moving? Oh yeah. She uh I yeah, she she just she got a job out here and yeah, so uh, my girlfriend Joy is gonna be moving in here. Yay, Joy! So I definitely want to go to one of your shows and I'll I'll try to bring her along. Definitely. Uh, I'll let you know when I have something in, in town or in the city because New York wrestling is kind of hard to get to if you have to go cross state lines to get to it. So Sounds good. Yeah, I wish I had a car, but 
at the same time, I'm also really glad I don't have a car. Um, but yeah, no, uh, thank you very much. Uh, anyways, uh, thanks so much for listening to the Spirit Hunters. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat at our Facebook uh, or Twitter at Spirit Hunter Pod. Heads up, uh, check out our HyperX homies at uh, podcast.hyperx.com and check us out at patreon.com slash Spirit Hunter Pod. And so I have joined our Patreon patron only discord uh discord here i honestly am thinking about changing the levels and like making it so that everyone can be in the discord and like doing other things for patrons but we'll figure that out that's not gospel uh just know that there's definitely different possibilities going forward because like honestly i would like it if more people were in there and then we just gave patrons like hey you can guess on an episode or something like that none of this is a promise but it's something that i want to bring up to the rest of the to the crew but for, for the time being, check out our current offerings. And uh, speaking of the Discord, uh, if you want in but don't have the funds, you can help us by giving us a written review on Apple Podcasts and Breaking News, also Spotify. Uh, send us the link and enough evidence to connect it to your username, and we can get you in. I gave us Anyways. four stars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, give us five stars. Why would you give us four stars? Give us five stars. Yeah, I mean, give them five stars. You get realistic. No, I did put five stars. I saw that you could rate on Spotify. I'm like, ha yeah, no, we, I think, I think, uh, I had previously said like, yeah, you're allowed in if you give us one star and want to get in. But at that point, we're just going to like talk shit at you the whole time. <laughs> so like, like, why go did ahead. you want me in here and you hate us? Yeah. <laughs> if you're like a weird fucking masochist, I guess, yeah. go for it. Yeah. Uh, finally, today's like intro and outro themes were made by Rifty Beats and Lightest Daleon, respectively. Check them out on YouTube. Also, big shout out to our editor, Tommy. Thanks to him, the rest of the crew can focus more on doing research and talking to Gashi. See y'all on the other side. Bye. Thanks, Tommy.